The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. Say good morning to your neighbor to the left hand and right with a smile today. So this morning we are looking at what we have titled Store It or Pour It. Store It or Pour It. Father, we come before your presence in the name of Jesus. We ask that you breathe upon us, breathe upon your word. Let your word come alive to us, change our lives, Lord. Father, I thank you for the privilege of being a custodian of your word. Let your word go forth with life with power with understanding with simplicity let our lives be changed and transformed honor and glory we give unto you in jesus mighty name we have prayed amen mark 14 from verse 3 mark 14 from verse 3 look at your neighbor and say to them store it or pour it find another person and say store it or Point. Mark 14 from verse 3 to 7. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, a man who previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came in with a beautiful, everybody say beautiful, beautiful alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made from essence of nerd. She broke up the jar and poured the perfume over his head, over Jesus' head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. But Jesus replied, leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? Everybody said to me. You will always have the poor among you and you can help them whenever you want to, but you will not always have me. You can store it, keep it safe, or you can pour it. Our lives are like this. You can store your life, you can keep it safe, or you can pour it out and really make an impact. There's a story of um, a young man called Mustafa Adelabu. Mustafa was, well, was at the time a believer. He was teaching Sunday school in his church. He was teaching the children's church of his church. And the children's church of his church had only three children. So for years and years, in fact, I mean, they probably didn't hear about always be inviting or something. They had only three 
children for years and years, at least seven years. So Mustafa Adilabu, very faithful, very faithful, took these children from five, six, to teen, preteen, consistently pouring into them, consistently building them up, consistently training them. The pastor could rely on Mustafa. The children, they call him Mr. Mufti, could rely on Mr. Mufti. Mr. Mufti lived to impart these three children. He was not storing it. Mr. Mufti was pouring it. He was pouring it. And that is how we should be. He had only three children in his junior church. And he was there for about seven years. Guess what? With those three children. With those three children. He kept pouring into them. He kept pouring into them and praying that God will find us faithful in the area he has assigned to us. That we will not grow weary. That we will not go tired. So are you storing or are you like Mr. Mufti pouring? Are you storing or are you pouring? If we look at what we are about as a church, we, we said um, at the 12th anniversary about the great commandment and the great commission. The great commandment in Matthew 22, 37 to 40. Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Since this is the first and greatest commandment, since the second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So that's the great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. So the first command is to love God. The second command, sub-command, is to love your neighbor as yourself. So we see that the great commandment is about love. It's, it's all about love. The great commandment is about love. The great commission, on the other hand, in Matthew 28, from verse 18 to 20, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you. Oof. Even to the end of the age, Jesus is with you if you are spreading the gospel. The church that is focused on reaching people for the kingdom of God, Jesus is solidly behind that church.
Praise the name of the Lord. That's the great commission. So we've been commissioned to go and represent God. In other words, take what I have been doing for you, take what I have been doing in you, and now go and do it with everybody else. Take what I've been doing for you, take what I've been doing in you, and let me do it through you. You can take what God has been doing in you and for you and store it up. Or you can take what God has been doing in you and for you and allow him to do it through you. Many of us, we have capacities. It's unbelievable. You are like a sleeping giant. You are only worried about what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? How am I going to be clothed? And Jesus is saying to you, is life not more important than that? I have poured so much into you. I have done so much in you. I have taken you through so much in life. Take what you have and let me walk through you. I want you to pour it. Hallelujah. So loving your neighbor as yourself means doing something about what God has done in you and for you. So to love your neighbor as yourself is to do something about what God has done in you and for you. What has God done in you? What has God done for you? Are you going to store it or are you going to pour it? Is it going to be kept and, you know, you eulogize, you tell stories, you know, and you uh, just reminiscence and think about, oh, are you going to pour it? Are you going to pour it? And, you know, there's a scripture in Titus, Titus 3, 4 to 7. Titus 3, 4 to 7 says, when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. So from the moment you surrendered your life to Jesus, God has been pouring into you. That's what we've just seen in that scripture. God has been pouring into you. So right from the moment you gave your life to him, he's been pouring into you. Right from the time you came out of your mother's womb, guess what? God has been pouring into you. By the time you give your life to him, it becomes kingdom relevant. So from the time you gave your life to Jesus, God has been what? Pouring into you. So when God is pouring into us, we now have to decide 
Am I going to store or am I going to pour? You see, that is the question for you this morning. Are you going to store or are you going to pour? God is pouring. God has poured into you. God has invested in you. Many of you, God has been speaking to you. I have invested in you. But am I going to store his investment or am I going to pour? Am I going to make good use of it? Am I going to make good use of it? If we go back to the story of Mr. Uh, Mufti, Mustafa, <laughs> when he left the Siroc of his church, <laughs> the children's church of his church, he got a job at a different part of the world and he had to go. When he left, the children, the three children, went in different directions. In fact, the, the person telling the story said he actually left the church because he could not imagine life without Mr. Mufti. He couldn't. And he went in different directions. But guess what? Because of all that has been invested in him, he found his way back to God. Today, this man is a solid, solid man of God. And he could trace it back to Mr. Mufti that he may never see again that kept pouring into him while he was a child. There is nothing you are doing right now that is of no significance to God. Yes, when Mr. Mufti left, at least the story of this man that we, we know, we know that three of them went different ways, but this particular man, he actually said they went away from God for 10 years. For 10 years, he backslid. And because he became a teenager, from being a teenager, 10 years into young adult, he was doing all sorts of things. But the, the foundation, the seed that Mr. Mufti has sown kept germinating. That word is incorruptible. That word kept going at him. The spirit that he was imparted with kept upholding him and kept drawing him until finally he surrendered to the God of his salvation. Hallelujah. 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 So, don't think that, oh, if you look at it, if you look at it, maybe five years after Mr. Mufti left, you can say, oh, all that effort is wasted. The things that we do for God are eternal. The things that we do for God, the, the word of God, because the word of God is an incorruptible seed, the word will produce, the word always produces always if we go back to our text in in mark 14 verse 3 mark 14 verse 3 it says she broke open the beautiful jar you know it, it described the jar as beautiful so not only was the content expensive the container was adorable. This lady could have just opened the jar, but she broke it. 
she broke it. In other words, the content, I, I, I am releasing the content with reckless abandon. Oof, I am not mising the content for Jesus. You see, for many people, they come to Jesus with this beautiful jar of expensive oil. They open it a little and they use small for Jesus's hair. They just put small. He should be happy. He should be grateful. After all, I am giving him something valuable. <laughs> The lesson, Jesus says everywhere the gospel is preached, this woman's name will be mentioned, this woman's story will be mentioned. The lesson here is this. She did not just open it and administered some to Jesus. She broke it. By breaking it, it means no going back. I'm not storing it up anymore. Many of us will be storing up the value that God has put in us. You need to break it open. You know, you are trying, you've been opening it. You've been opening it. We've been seeing and experiencing some of the fragrance of the beauty of the content of your life. But God is saying it is time to break it open. It is time to break it open. He that keeps his life will lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake, Jesus says, will find it. He that loses his life for my sake will find it. She broke it open. We all have a choice. We all have a choice. We all have a choice. She broke it open. Now, this lady had a history. Had a history. She was described as a sinful woman. You know, this is not talking about the Adamic sin that even the writer, I mean, the person in Matthew, Mark, telling the story is, is also a sinner. But to describe her as a sinful person in that culture means that our, our ways were not pure. Our ways were not pure. And it was public knowledge. But you see, when you come to God, God doesn't judge you and see you like every other person does. And when you come to God, you must ignore every other person and focus only on Jesus. That was what this woman did. She ignored her. Imagine when she was coming closer. Imagine the gossip that would have been going on. Is that, eh? Is it that even our customers were there? They, eh? Even, in fact, another translation says that the people were so upset. They were like, if this man were a prophet, if he were truly a prophet, if we know that this woman's ways are, they are not pure. But Jesus ignored them. This woman ignored them and broke it open. Many of you, you need to break that jar. You have just been opening the lid. You need to smash it. You need to break it. You need to Give complete surrender to God, the God of your salvation. Do I get an amen? In verse 4, it says, Some of those at the table were indignant. Some of them were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume? Why waste such expensive? Expensive perfume. The truth is this. Whew. 
To them, it was a waste. To her, it was not a waste. To them, it was a waste. To her, it was pure love. It was worship. I am worshiping. You see, many times, when you pour your love on God, the people that are in your life will interpret it as wasteful. Wasteful. Why spend that much money on this when you can't, you know, do better things? And the things they said were pious. Take care of the poor. You know? You, you can't have any defense against that. At least they thought. We could have sold this. In fact, it was a year's wage. Back in the day, people would store, the, the way we buy stocks and, um, you know, real estate, however you um, store value, people who buy expensive perfume to store. So they've seen and they've gauged it that this is a whole year's salary. I don't know how much you earn. Think about your whole year's wages plus bonuses plus 13th month, everything together. Imagine you coming to church and pouring it down at the feet of Jesus. Some people, your spouse will say you are crazy. Your spouse will say, why are you wasting such money? They say, oh, it's for missions, missions to Cuba, missions to Costa Rica. We need to get the kingdom of God to advance. They will think you are crazy. That is exactly what we see here in this story. They thought she was mad. Why waste such expensive perfume? Now, again, you think about it. How is it their business? The same woman that they already judged, they already condemned in their heart. They've already crucified in their heart. Why is it their business, what she does with her income? You know, people will judge you. They will judge what you do. They will judge what you don't do. I love this woman. She completely ignored them and focused only on Jesus. Listen, you need to completely ignore all the naysayers and focus only on Jesus. Let Jesus answer them. This woman didn't say a word, but in verse 6, the Bible says, but Jesus replied, leave her alone. Jesus will answer them. Everyone that is questioning your loyalty, your commitment to Christ, Jesus will answer them. Don't answer them. Jesus will answer them himself. So we see this woman teaching us that we can either store it or we can pour it. We can store it or we can pour it. What is it going to be? She's teaching us that instead of storing it, we should pour it. We should pour it. So I have to decide I have a decision to make. You have a decision to make. We have a decision to make. Am I going to store it? Or am I going to pour it? When you pour it, you lose control. You see, when you break the, the, the bottle, when you break the container and you are pouring it, you lose control. When you open the container and you are measuring it out, you are still in control. When you have it locked up and you are storing it up, you are still in control. Am I going to store it or am I 
going to pour it? What's it going to be? Think through seven areas of life. What we talked about at the beginning of the year. Think through your faith. Your faith, your work with God. Am I going to store it? Everything God has poured into me, all the virtue, all the teachings, everything you've, everything you've learned, you've learned everything that you, you, you have been taught of God. Am I going to store it? Or am I going to pour it? Am I going to store it? Or am I going to pour it? Am I going to pour it? Am I going to pour it? In your family, this, the second F, ask the same question. What is it going to be? What is it going to be? With your spouse, are you going to store it? Or are you going to pour it? Some of us, we are mising our love for our spouses. We are, we, are, we are storing it. But God is saying to you, for you to get fulfillment, you have to pour it. Am I going to store it? Or am I going to pour it? You say, but pastor, what if I pour it and it's not appreciated? Focus on what you can control. Don't focus on what you can't control. You do what God has called you to do and leave the rest to God. Leave the rest to God. You're going to pour it or you're going to store it. In your commitment, even in your family, in your home, are you going to pour your commitment or are you going to store it away? What is it going to be? What's it going to be, my sister? What's it going to be? What's it going to be? What's it going to be, my brother? Are you going to store it or are you going to pour it? Are you going to store it just watching football, not really engaging at home, just playing games or going out with the boys or playing golf or whatever you do? You're just storing it up, but you're not really fully engaging your children. You're not fully engaging your wife. And you're not pouring it. You're not pouring it. You're not bringing it. You're not bringing it. You can look at the third F, your finance. Am I storing it or am I pouring it? Am I storing it or am I pouring it? You see, we have people that God has taught how to tithe, for instance. I mean, I have such people over and over and over again. As a pastor, I mean, I see such people, you know. God has taught them by himself how to tithe. Then after a while, they begin to store up resources. Instead of giving, instead of tithing, they are storing. Now, because you are on a path with God, if he's interested in you, he will teach you some interesting lessons. And when he teaches you that lesson, then you are going to be crying up and wondering what's going on. Am I going to store it? Or am I going to pour it? That's the question. Everyone that saves his life will lose it. Everyone. Everyone. Every resource that you keep away from the kingdom, or you keep away from God, you're exposed to devourers. Am I going to store it or am I going to pour it? I can help my brother. He's, he's struggling with his family. But I can buy him a car. I have the resources too in my finances. 
But I want to store it because, well, if I store it, I will have more money. But if I pour it into my brother's life and buy him a new car, guess what? I will be blessing somebody. I will be fulfilling the counsel of Christ. I will be taking another family higher. So am I going to store it? Or am I going to pour it? Okay, you say, okay, Pastor, okay, oh, mine is not a car. It could be a phone. It could be a phone. Someone else is struggling. You can afford to get the person a phone. Am I going to store it? Am I going to pour it in my finances? And you see, it is in the pouring that you are going to see that that is where the key is. That's where the cocoa of the matter is. It is in the pouring. It is in the pouring. And we can go on and look at our fitness. In our fitness, you are home, you know you need to work out. But you just want to be lazy, you know? So am I going to store it? Or am I going to pour it? Am I going to store the energy? Or am I going to pour it? Or am I going to get sweaty? Or am I going to engage? Am I going to store it? Am I going to pour it? I know. You know you're not supposed to be eating that food, particularly at that time. But am I going to store it? Or am I going to pour it? It's your choice. If you take the next F in your friendships, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Am I going to pour it? Or am I going to store it? Am I going to store it? Am I going to pour it? In your farm, in your, at work, it's the same thing. Am I going to give my best or am I going to hold back? Am I going to hold back or am I going to give my best? Am I going to store it or am I going to pour it? Interestingly, even with the seventh F, the fun part of it, even when having fun, some people are still holding back. If you are going to, have, if you are going to play, play. If you don't want to play, leave the place. There's the people that want to play. <laughs> When it's time to have fun, have fun. Don't store it. Pour it. Look at your neighbor and say, don't store it. Pour it. So you and I have a decision to make. It's one of those two things. Number one, you can store it. And when you store it, guess what? It is safe. Yes, it is safe. When you store something, it's safe. But guess what? It is also not only safe, it is sterile. It is safe, it is sterile, and it leads to stagnation. Storing leads to stagnation. Storing always leads to stagnation and eventually retrogression. Parable of the talent. The master gave talent to three of his servants. One said, ah, can I store? Can I pour? I choose to store. It was safe, but guess what? It was sterile. And it led to stagnation. And when the master came, collected it from him, it now led to retrogression. Every time you store 
what you should pour always lead to stagnation. It gives a deceptive feeling of safety. It gives a deceptive feeling that everything is fine. But guess what? It's not only safe, it's sterile, it leads to stagnation. And one consequence of storing it is this. It displeases Jesus. It is displeasing to Jesus. Oof! If you are storing it, think about your areas of life from your faith to your family, to your finances, to your fitness, to your friendships, to your work, farm, to fun. If you are storing it, it's displeasing. It's displeasing to Jesus. It is. Another consequence of storing it is that storing it is boring. It is boring. <laughs> when you store it, it's boring. You store it. It's, it looks safe, but it's sterile. It's not going anywhere. It's boring. It's boring. It's boring. The reason a lot of people's lives are boring is because they are storing it. They are storing it. They are storing it. One of the things that used to, um, I used to worry about before I gave my life to Jesus when I was in college was I said to myself, I don't want to live, lead a boring life. I don't want to lead a boring, boring life. Because my idea of Christianity, based on what I have observed, is that these guys are too boring. <laughs> Little did I know that they were not actually following Jesus the way they should. <laughs> because it is impossible to follow Jesus and be boring. This is absolutely impossible. So, Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is this. Show me a bored, dissatisfied Christian. I will show you a Christian who is storing it up. Oof! Show me a bored, dissatisfied Christian. Every single time, I will show you a Christian who is storing it up. Show me a bored, dissatisfied, judgmental, angry Christian. I will show you one that is storing it up. Show me in, in the faith, in the family, show me a family that is boring and the dissatisfied people in the family and, and all that. It's because somebody is throwing it up. Same thing. Show me your, a finance situation that is boring. It's because somebody is throwing it up instead of pouring it out. And every time, check the life of the servant in the parable of the talent. Not only was he afraid, he was resentful. Every time people store up, they are usually resentful. They are offended at something. They are angry at something. They are judgmental about something. So they hold back. Oh, I, I don't want to serve God. In, you know, in church, you have to be careful. That was why, uh, how in 1924, when I was an usher, that somebody did not smile at me. <laughs> People have all sorts of crazy stories. The point is this. Do you want your life to continue to be boring? And displeasing to Jesus 
then keep storing it up. And that's not your portion. In Jesus' name, your life is going to be exciting. Your life is going to be pleasing to Jesus. So you need to pour it out. You need to pour it out. Show me a board, dissatisfied Christian. I will show you a Christian who is storing it up. So the first option is to store it up. We have to decide. The second option that is before us is to pour it out. Is to what? Pour it out. Everybody say, pour it out. Everybody say, pour it out. Say it again, pour it out. Say it as if you mean it from your gut. Pour it out. You need to pour it out. You need to pour it out. Guess what? Pouring it out is messy and muddled. Oh, yes. Pouring it out is messy. Imagine that woman broke the pastor for some oil. It will spill. It will, it will rub off on her hand. It was on Jesus' head. It was definitely going to rub off on his, on his attire. It's going to stain his attire. The, the, the perfume of, 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 of the ointment is going to fill the room. When you pour things out, they, it is messy. It's modeled. It, 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 it mingles. But guess what? It multiplies. Hallelujah. When you pour it out, it's not only messy and modeled, it multiplies. So when you choose to pour it, yes, things get messy. You see, when you pour your life out to people, into people like Mr. Mufti poured his life out. People don't turn out the way that you think they should. I mean, by God's grace, I've been pastoring for over 17 years. When you pour yourself into people, they don't always come out the way you think they should. It's just kind of look, you know, funny and tacky. You know, you're pouring yourself out and people are still gossiping. Eh? Like, what's going on here? Imagine Mr. Mufti hearing that the young man had backslidden. It wasn't what he was budgeting for. Jesus, that is the classic example of pouring out, of pouring it. Jesus, the classic example of pouring your life out. <laughs> he had a messy, modeled up situation. He was pouring into people and amongst these people, there was jealousy. Imagine, people don't turn out the way you think they should because the fact that you're pouring it out does not, many, many of us are parents. <laughs> you're parenting your children, you're, you're this and that. But you see, at the end of the day, it will always lead to multiplication. Keep pouring out, keep pouring out. I mean, I can imagine growing up, I mean, my mother, my, my, the pouring to me, she was always pouring into us, but I mean, I wasn't turning out good <laughs> at the time. <laughs> but by the grace of God, it always leads to multiplication. Jesus was pouring out to his people, <laughs> pouring out, and they were playing politics. They were, playing, they were even bringing their parents to come and politic. He poured out, you see, and not only don't 
people turn out the way you think they will turn out when you are pouring it into them. Some of you have children, you are pouring it them. They are doing their own thing. Like you are wondering, oh, if I failed as a parent, no, don't worry. Keep pouring it out. Do I get an amen? Keep what? Keep pouring it out. Keep pouring it out. You, you are praying and your child is it's like, is this child going to be wayward? No. Keep pouring it out. Keep pouring it out. Is this child going to miss the mark? No. Keep pouring it out. Keep pouring it out. Guess what? In Jesus' camp, Jesus just had a handful of people he was pouring out into. One of them betrayed him. Now, let me explain this. When we say one of them betrayed Jesus, you know, sometimes we use that word, you know, many times and it really doesn't carry the weight that it should. Do you know what that means? In this case of Jesus, the guy actually sold Jesus. He sold him. He, he went and negotiated for his head. I said, Look, I'm, I, I can deliver this guy. How much is my pay? They said, oh, give me 30 pieces of silver. I said, okay, fine. So he sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Someone Jesus was poured into for three and a half years. Non-stop. Wow. 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 In that same group of people that Jesus was pointing to, we had somebody that almost cut off another person's head, chopped off the person's head. <laughs> and this one, people Jesus was pouring into, it's always messy, it's always modeled up, but keep on pouring. Do I get an amen? Keep on pouring. Jesus had to say to one of them, get thee behind me, Satan. Imagine that. And it was pouring and pouring and pouring. So if it was muddy for Jesus, it's going to be muddy for you and I. If it was messy for Jesus, it's going to be messy for you and I. If it was not straightforward, a straight line for Jesus, why are you expecting a straight line? You have been pouring into your children and you're expecting a straight line. Don't stop expecting a straight line. Stop focusing on what you cannot control. Focus on what you can control. Stop looking at this other person's child or that other person's child or this other person's child is behaving perfectly. No. Focus on your own and keep pouring out. If you haven't been pouring out, if you have been holding back, you need to begin to start pouring out. Yes, it's messy and muddled, but the result is what? Multiplication. We call it glorious mess. It's glorious and messy. And if you look at the parable of the, of, of the talent, the two guys that poured it out actually took a huge risk. It was messy. Trading. The Bible says that they traded. Do you know what it is to trade? There is no one that has successfully traded that has not returned a loss. It is not possible. If you haven't, you have not traded. Or maybe you just had one luck, one lucky spell and you quickly pulled out and you say, oh, I made... No. If you trade... But the key thing is that the sum total will should be profitable. So you take a loss here, you take a loss here, take a profit here, take a profit here, take a profit here. So there are more profits, more margins of profit than margins of loss. And overall, you are profitable. But when you 
take the chance to trade. You, it, is, it, is, it is messy, it is modeled, it is risky, but it leads to multiplication. That is what leads to multiplication. Hallelujah. One consequence of pouring it is what? Pleasing Jesus. Hallelujah. Is, is that it is pleasing to Jesus when you pour it. Jesus said to them, well done. Well done. You have been faithful in little. Much more will be added to you. Jesus was pleased. He was pleased that they poured out. The second thing, another consequence of pouring it is that it is exciting. It is exciting. Your life is exciting. I can tell you, I mean, since I gave my life to Jesus, it's always been action after action. After, you know what they call action? <laughs> my life has been action. Non-stop action. You know, it's like, it's, it's, you know, when the word of God says that, the wind blows where it lists. You know, just one action to another action, but guess what? It always leads to multiplication and multiplication and multiplication. I have not had a bored moment since I started following Jesus since 1995. Not a bored moment. Not a bored moment. Not a bored moment. Why? Because I've always been pouring it. I mean, I've always been pouring it. I come to the party. I come, I come to the game. I bring my A game. I pour it. I don't listen. Life is not worth living if you are storing it. Pour it. Take the step. Trust God. Trust God. Keep pouring it. Keep pouring it. Keep pouring it. And God will keep bringing what? The multiplication. The multiplication. And the multiplication in the name of Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. So by the time we go back to the story of Mr. Mufti, or Mufti, <laughs> you know, and how the three turned out. So the guy telling the story turned out great. The lady so there were two guys and one lady, one, two boys, one girl, those three children. The girl became a surgeon, solid Christian surgeon, turned out well. The other guy, they don't know what happened to him. They don't know where he is. So, so let's just say that he didn't turn out well, for starters. So that is two out of three. That's two thirds. That is, Mr. Mufti scored two out of three. And that is amazing. So all his toil, all his faithfulness paid out. You see, let me tell you something. Your faithfulness will pay out. As you pour out your life, you will see multiplication in the name of Jesus. But guess what? Guess what? Nobody knows. The third guy may have turned out well also. So which means it's three out of three. It could be a hundred percent. But what it wasn't was zero percent. There is no work you do for God that is not eternal. If it is based on the word of God, it is an incorruptible seed and it will always produce eternal 
fruit. So, as we wrap things up, are you going to store it or are you going to pour it? I want you to ask your neighbor, are you going to store it or are you going to pour it? Ask someone else, ask someone else, are you going to store it or are you going to pour it? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, as you pour it in your faith, you will see multiplication. As you pour it in your family, you will see multiplication. In your finances, you will see multiplication as you pour it. In your fitness, in your friendships, in your work, at your farm, and your fun, you will see multiplication in the mighty name of Jesus. And so it is and shall be. I want to pray with you very here, like Pastor. I want to pour it. I've been holding back my life. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to pour my life out to God. That is me, Pastor. I want you to pray with me. Wherever you are, if you're online, we want to pray with you. If you're in the auditorium, we want to pray with you. I'm going to ask that you lift up your hand now and the RP will take it over from here. So wherever you are, if that is you, put up your hand now over your head. Put it up boldly, boldly over your head. 